Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Well, have you ever tried to do multiple things at one time? Uh, maybe uh, juggling several roles or um, just carrying on multiple tasks, multitasking. Um, if you're like me, that's a struggle. I'm, I'm usually focused on one task at a time. For others, it comes pretty natural and easily. And you have to learn how to be nimble if you're going to do more than one thing at a time. And Jesus, I believe, has called the church to do more than one thing at a time. And it requires being nimble as we follow the Holy Spirit, as he equips us and teaches us and shows us how we can do things, something like reaching or teaching or sending, maybe going or giving and praying, maybe learning and trial and error. Uh, it's basically discipleship is, is what I'm talking about, following Jesus as a disciple. This is Nathan Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. And I'm joined in the studio with my friend Kevin Smith, who um, is pretty good, I think, at doing multiple things at one time, and um, better than me anyway, but that's not saying much. But he's got a book that you will want to, uh, you'll want to read, you want to get uh, in your hands, read it, uh, you want to visit his website, and I'll let him tell you about it, but Kevin is a friend of mine that we met uh, almost over 10 years ago now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In, uh, in a little tiny place on the map called Clarkston, Georgia. Now, you've, if you've listened to this program uh, for a while, you've heard me mention my time in Clarkston, Georgia, serving with Global Frontier Missions. It's a little community outside of Atlanta. Um, and that's where I met Kevin and his wife, Jan, and their family. And uh, we actually were able to serve together for a little while there. And uh, it's been a long time coming, but uh, Kevin and Jan... Have uh, we finally got them to uh, come and share with us? And so, a previous episode, if you haven't heard their story yet, you'll want to go back to the podcast and check out their missionary journey. Uh, but Kevin today is going to share with us a little bit about his book and ministry that is uh, uh, beginning. And it's actually not beginning; it's been ongoing for a while, but um, but a a uh, official beginning, I guess of Reach, Teach, Send, and you want to check out their website, reachteachsend.net. You want to get your hands on the book of the same name, Reach, Teach, Send. Kevin, welcome. Uh, first of all, thank you for being with me and uh, sharing with us today. Uh, what is Reach, Teach, Send about? Well, thanks for inviting us back. Um, it's, a, it's a blessing to share about Reach, Teach, Send, Really, it's a ministry that gives me the opportunity to just share some of the things that I've learned over a 15-year journey, kind of a missional journey that started with mobilization 
But I kind of wrote the book backwards, <laughs> to be honest. Um, while mobilizing, I was writing a lot of stuff about mobilization. And in Reach, Teach, Send, that's the send part of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Reach and Teach was really written during our time in Mexico, where we were doing exactly that. We were giving uh, evangelism tools, being the Reach component of it, and uh, teaching disciple-making skills as well. So... It's, it's those three components uh, coming together. Um, and really, the, the bigger picture for Reach, Teach, Send is to kind of maybe build a, uh, a cooperative. And that, in the early stages of it, that's what I'm doing now is kind of networking with other uh, trainers, other evangelism trainers, other disciple makers, other mobilizers, other, other pastoral care, which really falls under that mobilization element. Um, so it is in the early stages. Um, there's already some things booked as far as training, but... Uh, that's the, uh, what do they call it, the big, audacious, hairy goal? That, yes, that we, the BHAG. The BHAG, yeah. <laughs> so to kind of, you know, to fall into the things I've been blessed to do over the past 15 years under one umbrella is exciting for me. But then to invite some other folks that uh, that maybe just need that encouragement or some some sort of a cooperative to to come under and, and just get excited about that training skill that they may have. And maybe they don't have the outlet for it or that disciple-making or that mobilization skill they have or even pastoral care. And so we've got several folks interested already um, and several opportunities already to reach out into the nations um, and share some of these uh, training and, and skills, but also locally uh, out of San Antonio, Texas. Okay. So you're talking about, um, let's say, a listener, um, maybe a part of a church, and they see the need in their church or maybe even just for themselves um, or a group to uh, receive some training on, let's say, evangelism. Like how how can we be better equipped to share the gospel in our community? Uh, is that something that you would be able to uh, assist them with? Absolutely, yeah. And and we've done a lot of that in Mexico. Um, so to take it anywhere it's needed, we, we like to put a program that's, that's geared towards your group or you as an individual. If you're looking at three hours worth of training or 12 hours worth of training or 20 hours worth of training, we'd, we'd tailor it to you. Um, a lot of it really I have found over the years is handing off simple tools and enough tools so that the person can pick and choose which tool works well for them, whether it's their personality or their location um, or their style of ministry. And then the other big one is encouragement because I think, <clears throat> I think many people – know they're called to do more, know yeah. they're called to go out into the harvest, but they, there's not always an outlet for that. Um, and then there's, there's not always someone to kind of hold their hand, like a mentor. Yeah. When you look at Jesus and he took the 12 guys out, he's like, all right, let me model this for you. And then let me, you know, let you step into it and I'll, I'll watch over kind of thing. Yeah. And um, knowing they were scared to death, right? The first time they went out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we were doing this down in Mexico, it was that way. I, we would, I would train. It was a 10-week course uh, for the most part, two hours a night, once a week. And two of those weeks, we'd go out into the streets. Now, I know that's not always the best way to reach people. You, you define your oikos, and there are different tools for reaching people more relationally. Um, but in Mexico or in a, in a lot of neighborhoods, um, just to be outside of your church or outside of your home with some of these tools um, can be very effective. And so... Like I said, two out of these 10 weeks, we'd go out and hit the streets, so to speak, and hang around, uh, you know, stores or restaurants. 
And they would come back and debrief, and it'd be like, oh, my gosh, people actually talk to us. <laughs> oh, my gosh, somebody gave us their phone number. Oh, my, somebody invited us back to their house. We prayed for them. Yeah. All these things that just because somebody walked alongside them and they gave them a few tools and encouraged them to go out, nervous as, as the 12 disciples yeah. were, like you said, <laughs> um, the results were there. Mm-hmm. The relationships would start, and, and oftentimes it's, it's that that relationship that you're looking for. Because if you want a disciple, that, that whole line between evangelism and discipleship for me is very blurred. If you're, if you're out there sharing gospel stories or sharing testimony, you're already starting to disciple yeah, somebody. Absolutely. And so to, to step into that and, and start to build that relationship with a person where you're going to go back and continue that relationship is, uh, is sometimes all you need is that encouragement yes. and those a few tools. Well, I want to say a couple of things here. We're talking with Kevin Smith with Reach, Teach, Send. Um, and one, Kevin, is, and, and maybe our listeners are already can just hear it on the through their speakers, but um, I don't know of anyone, um, one, that's more capable of, of training you, whoever you might be, in, a, in an encouraging and a gentle and an understanding way than, than my friend Kevin. Um, you... You walk anytime in interaction with Kevin, you walk away encouraged, and uh, I think he brings that. Um, whether he'll bring that to your church or wherever he's going, um, that's that's you know you might think of training as like a boring thing. So number one, it won't be boring. Number two, it'll be encouraging, and you will you will be equipped. One of the the second thing I want to mention is in in your book, um, you you kind of open it with this, and it's a simple tool. And it's a tool that everybody has already in their pocket, whether they've used it or not yet. And it's their their story, their testimony. Why is a testimony such an important tool uh, for a believer to uh, utilize as they're learning to reach and beginning make disciples? Well, that, that's a great question. Um, I think two valid reasons. One is... Oftentimes we find people are struggling with the same thing that we struggled with before Christ. Mm. And so your testimony has those three components, your life before Christ um, and how you received Christ. Because if you share that in your testimony, then you're basically telling that other person how they can have the life that God's given you, the fullness uh, of life in Christ, and then your life after Christ. So if you, you know, if you, if you practice that testimony but even better, if you can tailor it to the person you're talking to that connects with them in a, in a, in a way to their story, um, people learn from that. And, and I think even more important than what they're learning from me is that testimony, we often think it's our testimony, it's God's testimony. It's the testimony of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So yeah. that's supernatural. Yes. So when you're telling that story, you're telling God's story. So they're connecting to you, but they're also connecting to him. Um, and so I think that's that's the power in it really yeah. is is how God has transformed a life. And you're telling it. They're not watching it on TV. They're not reading in a book. They're looking somebody yeah. in the eyes and they're it's saying, personal. this is a transformed life and it's supernatural. Mm. God's involved in this story. Awesome. So if, if your ears are either going to perk up or you're going to shut it down. Yeah. And so that's that's God's job. If they shut it down, that's between them and God. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about sharing the gospel sometimes is too often we get we get discouraged when somebody, well, they hear our testimony or they'll we'll share God's story and they're like, uh, they didn't respond. They didn't receive Jesus. Yeah. And I, I, have the, I use this analogy of it's like, 
I'm delivering the best pizza in the world. Imagine that. I, I'm, <laughs> I got my little scooter, and I'm delivering what is the, straight from Italy, the but, best yeah, pizza and in the you world. Know some, you know something about Italian food and pizza, right? <laughs> well, I do. I grew up in New Jersey. Maybe you could tell with the accent. So my job is just to deliver this pizza. If they hate the pizza, they got a problem with the baker. Mm. It's not with me. Yeah. I should go back to my house and celebrate that I just delivered the best pizza in the world. And so we need to kind of change that when we start talking about sharing our testimony or sharing the gospel with folks. Celebrate the, the chance that you had to share because that's, God, that's what all God's asking you to yeah. do. The rest is in his hands. It's between him and the person. Yeah, so absolutely. That's a, that's a game changer for me. Yeah. I think it's an encouraging and important uh, thing to remember. One of the things you just mentioned is like connecting with the person, knowing what a little bit about their story. And one of the things you mentioned in your book is the importance to listen to a to a person, not being the going and interacting with someone, and you do all the talking, uh, which is what a lot of people have trouble with sharing the gospel or. Um, sharing your testimony, even on the giving or receiving end, they don't want to do all the talking or they won't, they don't want someone just talking at them, you know? So can you share, why is it important to listen to whoever it is you're sharing the gospel with? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because you want to be a learner and, and thinking ahead, knowing that the Holy Spirit's already working in this person's life mm-hmm. and he's working in my life and he's in the middle of this conversation. So I want to listen and I'm looking for, Areas of the kingdom of God that can, that can address what's going on in this person's life. So maybe they just went through a divorce. Maybe they're in a financial predicament. Maybe uh, they lost a loved one recently or lost a job. Um, the kingdom of God has the solution for every one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I may even tweak my testimony to talk more about the area of my life where I struggle with finances or addiction or, or marital problems in order to... Um, let the person see that God can transform any of those areas of their life. So as, as you're listening and learning about the person, you're really looking for that kingdom of God area where God has the solution for them. And, awesome. and then you share your testimony. And then if the person's still interested, you share the testimony of God. I call it the three stories method. So the mm-hmm. first one is listening to their story. And it, it's great when you're nervous. Have you ever been in, uh, <laughs> you know, you've been somewhere and, and you feel like the Holy Spirit's saying, go talk to that person. Oh, yeah. Like, All the excuses come yeah, up, right? It's like, no, that's not you, God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's easy to just let it go. Mm-hmm. And you let it go. But if God's leading you to go talk to that person, you're nervous then. All right. All right. I'm going to obey. I'm going to go talk to that person. And it's like, what do I say? All right, I know how to share the gospel. I know how to share, I know how to share the story of the disciples on the boat with Jesus. But you can't just blurt into those things, yeah. you know? <laughs> so in three stories method, the first story is just listening to their story and learning about the person. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that you start to become very settled and you're listening for ways to connect your story or God's story with theirs. So the second story is your testimony. And then the third story is to share God's story. And we have to remember that all three stories don't have to take place in a five-minute conversation. Mm, right. So oftentimes when I'm listening and I'm learning, I'm trying to find a way to reconnect with this person if I can. Yes. So that the conversation can continue. Ongoing conversation. Yeah. Because it's an ongoing work that God is doing in their life. It's not just for one moment. You might be there at that critical moment, but uh, more than likely it's, it's going to be ongoing. Yeah. And, that's what, and that, that leads into discipleship. Um, which maybe leads our conversation into um, when you say reach, teach, send. Uh, what do you what are you teaching? What is, what is the teach aspect of that? Well, and and 
in the book, there's actually a chart that you can kind of self-design yourself, um, set up different areas that you think the person needs help in growing. And, of course, you're teaching in community. So if you've got a small group, that's a great way to, to, to get some of the teaching. Uh, and, of course, at church. But that idea of, of mentoring, and I think the biggest challenge in teaching is to uh, make space in your life to be that person's mentor. Um, that that is probably the biggest challenge of the church in general. We think if we stick them in a program, they're going to be discipled. But things are modeled, just as Jesus modeled for the 12, uh, much better than, than uh, things are modeled much better than, than teaching. So to be around them, if you know, my, I'm married, so for that person to see our marriage model, to see us parenting, to see how our finances are, are stewarded, how our time is stewarded, to model those things are, are huge. And then, like I said, you can start to dial in on some sp- specific things. The, there is a chart in the book that you can use. You can, you know, find out, you know, if they need more understanding of who Jesus is or a better understanding of how the Holy Spirit works or tithing or some different things. And I think some of the ways we get overwhelmed with teaching is we think we have to be an expert in all those areas. Mm. And we don't. There are so many resources out there. For example, um, if you're a giver, which yeah. I can say on my spiritual gifts, it's just a little lower than I'd like to be, like it to be. Yes. Um, and I've got somebody that's new in the kingdom, and I'm modeling, and I'm discipling, and he's like, boy, I'm really struggling with this idea of giving. Well, let me introduce you to my friend, man. He's an awesome giver. Or somebody else is, is doing missions, and they're like, I don't know what this whole missions thing is about. Well, so-and-so goes downtown every Saturday, and he's, he's ministering to the homeless people. It's a, it's a mission. So why don't you you know, hook up with him. So it's the idea of using a community to teach and reminding ourselves that we don't have to have all the answers, but that there are a ton of resources out there. I mean, you can certainly point to Bible verses, YouTube videos, things like that, that, uh, that the teaching component can be much, much more doable than sometimes we, if, if we look at it from afar and we think, I cannot disciple everybody in all these areas. Uh, there is a community that can do it and there are resources. Awesome. So, what you're really talking about is training the church, training believers in how to, number one, be very relational in, in a community-type orientation of discipleship, um, not a, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this workbook and fill in these blanks, and I'm going to be discipled you know, somehow by that, you know, discipleship by filling the blanks or whatever. Um, but it's like life on life. It's like nitty gritty. Um, you said modeled is be- is a better teacher than than just you know verbal instruction maybe. Yeah, yeah. So like close enough where they can see what you're how you're doing it, how you're giving, or even how you're struggling with giving, and then hey, let's let's go through these resources together. Um, but it's it's like it's a life on life thing. Yeah, yeah. It's have both, we, right? Yeah. And I think have we missed that? You think in the in the church generally is that life on life experience. I think you've done that well in your life. Um, but a lot of our listeners, um, miss that, you know, even in the church of a real real close relationship with other brothers and sisters where it's, there's a life on life discipleship and, Mm. and teaching and learning together. And, um, I don't know what, what have you experienced maybe worldwide in in that or. Well, for, for my wife and, and I personally, I think one of the reasons it's important for us is it was modeled for us. When we came into the kingdom, 
30 years ago is because people came to our house and mm-hmm. talked to us. I didn't know that when you filled out that little visitor information card and they said, look, if you're visiting, don't put any money in the offering. Just fill out this little card. I didn't know that meant they'd come knocking on your door in about a week or so. But praise the Lord, they did. And it was somebody I knew mm-hmm. uh, even prior to the, okay. going to that church. And then um, after re- that very night, both my wife and I received the, the Lord and uh, that 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 individual and his wife modeled and discipled for Jan and I for the next year and a half. Okay. So it's, it's, it's that life experience really that stuck with me. I mean, for years it, that's, that's, but going back to your question, um, I, I do think I, I wrote a chapter in the book called discipled or disgruntled. Mm. And I do think too often you run into Christians that are a little disgruntled and, and I've been there from time to time. And I think it's because you're not being discipled. You're, yeah. You've never been in that mentoring position. And so I don't just complain about it in the book. I encourage you to find somebody, mm. find somebody. And, and one of the areas of discipling too that I, I think we, we miss is to find different mentors that work for different areas. Like okay. for me, when I headed out on the mission field in 2014, I knew I was leaving behind my my church network, my accountability people, all that. And so I started thinking about who can I, who can be a mentor from afar? And obviously it was important to find local accountability, but that's sometimes a challenge. And I found that if I compartmentalize some of the mentoring, all right, who's going to, who's going to mentor me through the the spiritual work that we're doing here? Who's going to mentor me in the area of my marriage? Who's going to mentor me in the way of how I'm stewarding my time? And so um, that's another way that you can, not just, you know, surrender everything to one person that may not have the time for uh, one-on-one discipleship. Yeah. Uh, maybe compartmentalizing some of those things. Okay. But, but rather than being disgruntled, find somebody. And then, obviously, the multiplication principle. Once you've been mentored, then you look for somebody where you can use some of the things in your life that would be a blessing to somebody else, whether mm-hmm. you're a prayer warrior or you're a giver, and start to model those things for for people. Well, just to make it a little bit personal, that Kevin, there was a time in my life where I was disgruntled, um, even as a missionary on the field, struggling with um, funding and struggling with support. And you encouraged me to find uh, a, a good, solid local body of believers. Um, and you stayed on me about it. You didn't just like you know a one-off conversation. You you um, you encouraged me and challenged me to uh, to do that in. It took a while before I realized the real great importance of it and the strong need. Um, so um, if you don't hear me say anything else, hear me say this. These guys know what they're talking about. When we talk to Kevin and we talk to Jan Smith with Reach, Teach, Send, um, they really can help you and help your church. Um, we have just a few more minutes, and um, you kind of started your mission journey uh, doing some mobilization, um, and you've lately come out of some uh, pastoral care experiences, which you said is a part of mobilization. Um, what can you tell? What explain? What is mobilization, and and how important is that for a local church to to be about the business of sending workers into the into the harvest field? Yeah, and I think I can speak from personal experience in the calling of my life, um, which I I think is not unusual for other people. You feel called to do some things outside of the church Mm -hmm. because I think when you look at the fivefold ministry in Ephesians, you know, pastoring and and teaching, 
those things take place typically in the church. Right. And then you see evangelists, apostles, prophets, and uh, the, especially evangelism, prophets, think, or evangelism, apostles, thinking sent one, typically go on outside the church. So if you have that, one of those fivefold that's outside the church, you really kind of struggle for an outlet for that. Yeah. And so it's not till a mobilization flame is ignited and fanned that I think some of the people within the church that have that calling to be to do evangelism outside the church or to go to the nations, that there's really opportunity. There's not much of an outlet for you. Like from my own personal experience, when I started talking about I'm I'm feeling called to go to to go into missionary work. What is church planting? I, I started hearing this word, ch- the church planting. I'm like, what is church planting, you know? <laughs> but I knew I was just much more comfortable outside the church. I, and I was, so, I was feeling all this out. And it, it, it's not in it, the typical reaction was, well, you got to go to seminary. You know, if you're <laughs> right. called, then, then you got to go to seminary. And I'm like, what was I? I was 40 years old in my 40s. And it's like, yeah, I got to feed my family. How's that going to happen? And I wasn't really feeling seminary, yeah, to be right. honest. I, I'd been in some great small groups and discipleship settings, and I, I kind of felt equipped, except for maybe the cross-cultural element. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I love being out there. And so mobilization, I think, gives the opportunity for those people that don't fit in the mold that are doing everything inside the church and going off to seminary to be teachers and pastors. You have to have that component. Uh, I, there was a great program out called Releasing the Ape. I don't know if yes. you're familiar with that, Releasing the Apostolic Prophetic Evangelist. And, man, I, I read a couple of those books along that, and I was like, oh, this is me, and I'm sure there's a bunch <laughs> of other people in the church like this. And so mobilization really discovers those people. It gives them a, an outlet. It, 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 it connects their gift to a, an opportunity to use it, and mm. so so and, important. And then the pastoral care piece comes in when you you sort of do say, hey, there's these open doors. You can get out of your pew, and you can get out in the streets, and you can do some some work. And even especially those that are distant by miles, like you know, you know, several hours time zone away, there's a strong need when you're out there away for pastoral care, for connection with the church, with the body, and and some um, accountability, some encouragement to happen. Um, I just think it's really cool that you guys have been a, have done all of that. You know what I mean? You've done the reaching, you've done the teaching you've done the sending and you're still doing it and you're doing all of them um uh, just the last couple of minutes anything else you want us to know about about the book reach teach send um reach teach send.net um how can you encourage our listeners as we close today yeah um i think encouragement is in great demand in the church so if there's one thing this this book uh, will do would be to encourage you to get in the game. I asked uh, several people to read the book and give a recommendation, and one of them, he wrote this recommendation. It was so good, I think he should have wrote the book after I read it. <laughs> but he was like, uh, this book encourages you to get out of the bleachers, on the field, and in the game. And so if I had to recommend anything about the ministry and the book, it's like, man, we want to help get you in the game. Amen. And God... I believe is calling each of us to get into the game in some capacity. Um, so if you're on the bleachers or in the pew and you're sitting on a gift, you're sitting on a calling mm-hmm. and you're not sure what to do, um, maybe just start learning to share your testimony. That might be a good place to start. Um, but thank you for listening today to Exploring Missions. 
And uh, we hope that you are encouraged to get into the game. Go check out reachteachsin.net. Thank you for listening.